Are you ready for the word? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, praise you, and exalt you for the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And it is by him that we live, move, and have our being. Forgive us of our sins, sanctify us, let your word penetrate our hearts, change our minds, alter our walk, and increase our praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, say amen. Church, say amen again. Let's give our young adult choir chosen a hand clap. Truly God is an awesome God. I want all of us, myself first, to pattern our lives after John the Baptist. Here's what we must do. We must decrease and Jesus must increase. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you must decrease and Jesus must increase. That's a great starting point. Because my Bible says, Jesus said, if I be lifted up from the earth, then I'll draw all men unto me. This morning, I want to challenge your hearts around a subject that needs more commercials, more attention, and yet it is crucial for our survival and our security in Christ. Turn to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. We greet you in the precious, miraculous, exalted name of Jesus Christ. And I want to look at verse 13a. Is any among you afflicted? Let him, here it is, pray. Let him pray. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, our priority should be prayer. This morning, I want to challenge your hearts around the power of prevailing. The power of prevailing. The greatest arsenal of the believer in Jesus Christ is their intimate intercessory and inspirational power of prayer. Prayer is our communication to God, our sense of appreciation for God, and our alleviation from God. Prayer is our phone to the throne. It is our plea for a petition, our a holler for some help, a cry for comfort and a disclosure, listen to this, of God's direction. Prayer has purpose. Our prayers bring us a protection. Prayer promotes the person of Jesus Christ. And our prayers give us a power that we need not worry or be bothered by our wounds. The Bible <clears throat> shows us a pattern of prayer in Matthew chapter 6, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed. It's a model prayer. It's a pattern of how to pray. And then Philippians 4 gives us a peace 
through prayer in everything by supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus not only a pattern and a peace but in Ephesians 6 we have a protection and a power praying always in the spirit that we need not be localized Jesus confronted the woman at the well and the woman said our father our father's worship in this mountain Jesus said the time is coming when you will worship in spirit and in truth that we can pray in a car we can pray on a job we can pray in the church we can pray at work we wherever we are because we have been equipped with the paraclete the Holy Spirit we can pray to the Father through the intercessory work of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit we can pray we can pray but the Bible doesn't only talk about the pattern and the peace and the protection and the power the, the, the Bible in the book of the Psalms talks about the various positions that one can pray you can pray kneeling you can pray laying prostrate laying down on the floor you can pray standing up you can pray with your hands in the air you can pray and and we got to be careful because none of these positions outweigh any other position God God is more concerned with your heart than than he is with all of this other superficial stuff we come up with how long you pray it doesn't impress God because if, when you pray too long you rep you are repeating you are using repetitions and you don't need to pray to inform God God is omniscient God knows everything can I get you don't you don't need to pray to help God out you don't need to give God a prescription of how to do something we talk to God through prayer and God speaks to us through his word and through the blessed Holy Spirit who indwells the believer. So every time you say, and I say that God spoke to us, we ought to find it in context in the Bible. If God really spoke to you. Can I get a witness? So it's not God giving you that number to play with your dream book. It's not God yeah telling you to go down Atlantic City and roll dice it's not God telling you to ditch your wife and get a girlfriend I'm, I, I need to just keep on preaching it's not it's not God it's not God asking you to go out and buy that suit or that dress you can't afford it's not God telling you not to come to church somebody need to uh, formulate the voice of God that's not no that's God amen and we we got to be careful because we lie to ourselves so long that we start to think it's really God. God told me to lay you out. Oh Lord. And then and then and see because we are so self-centered, we want to become prophets and prophetess and we want to put ourselves in positions where we become the authority. Oh, I'm preaching up in this place, Doc. Yeah. You don't need to go to Bible study. Come to me. And, 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 and you got to be careful that my job as pastor and preacher is not to have you come to me. My job is to have you go to him. My job is to build a bridge from you to him, not you to me. Are you, are, you, are you listening to me this morning? Because you might call me up and I'll tell you I'm worse off than you. Can I get a witness? You, 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 need, you need a savior. You, you need a lord. You need a potentate. You need somebody with the power to make changes. 
do I have a witness? But, but, but it's here in James. James, James, James is a little different. He's not dealing with a pattern. He's not dealing with peace. He's not dealing with the power and protection of prayer. But James specifically hones in on purpose, passion, and perseverance. Three uh, diligent devices that once prayed in this fashion, you walk away knowing that something's going to take place. It is a confidence beyond measure. And see, if you pray without confidence, God says he doesn't even hear that. When you come to me, you got to come knowing that I am and knowing that I'm a rewarder of them that diligently seek me. Can I get a witness? That, that, that James, James is writing to the 12 tribes dispersed, disaporia in the Greek, abroad, Jews who were saved, and they were running around with external and internal problems. Their external problems is that they were being ostracized by family and foes from the outside. A lot of circumstances, trials, tribulations, but internally they were struggling um, with a lack of control in their lives. They were struggling with uncontrolled tones. Yeah. They were struggling with false teachings, doctrinal issues, and they were, they were they were playing favoritism to the wealthy and and they were selfish in their ambitions and they were criticism they had criticism of one another. They 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 were knocking each other down. So James comes along with these applications, these principles, if you will, of God using the word wisdom throughout the book, Father of Lights, and he's dealing with faith and faithfulness which acknowledges the truth. And here in the fifth chapter, when you look at this breakdown real quickly, because I like preaching in context, verse, verses 1 to 6, he's dealing with the, the hazards of wealth. And then he deals, verse 7, with a perseverance under trial. And then 8, uh, uh, in verse 12, he deals with avoiding swearing. And, and, and it's here in 13 18 that he's dealing with reaching out to God in prayer. Now, should the Lord spare life next week, here's where we're going. We're going to finish this fifth chapter, and we're going to deal with, in the fifth chapter, the last portion of 19 and 20, ministering to the wayward. Church has not been taught how to minister to the wayward. And we're going to deal with that. I know you have people in your family that are not saved. You have people on your job that are not saved. How do Christians, the salt, the light, how do we deal with the wayward? We'll challenge that next week. But in this context, and I want you to see this, three, these three critical conditions are awesome. I need to look at verse 13, and he begins with, hypotheticals. Now, there are two different translations. I, I personally like the King James. Uh, those of you that have other translations will try to, to help you, um, but you're probably out of the will of God. But let me, um, <laughs> let, let, me let me deal with <laughs> let, me, let me deal with verse 13. It says, hypothetical, is any among you, some translations say, if there's anyone among you, now listen to this, suffering, the word afflicted and suffering are synonymous, a, a, amen, now this suffering is not physical, this suffering is mental, emotional, and psychological. It means that you woke up this morning feeling some kind of way about something that has transpired. You are in a state of suffering. 
Now, if you're not suffering this morning, you probably will be suffering tomorrow. If you're not suffering, somebody said trouble for the Christian, these is in three tenses. Either you just came out of trouble, or you're in trouble, or you're getting ready to go into trouble. You, you, you better take note of them three conditions. And it's repeated. So once we come out of trouble, it doesn't mean we won't see trouble anymore. Can I get a witness? It means that trouble took a picnic break and it will return. Can I get a witness? Jesus said in this life you will have trials and tribulations but be of good cheer I've overcome the world. So one of the things we need to know as a church is that God wants us to learn how to cope with trouble and still maintain his sense of power and presence. Are you praying with me? Is any among you suffering? Are there anybody in this place suffering? Here's the solution. Let him pray. Now let me stop. Because James infers two different sources that causes us suffering. One is misfortune. Turn to your neighbor and say, it came out of nowhere. That's when you're not expecting it. You can't trace any sin that you committed to cause it. It just came up. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Trouble just came out of nowhere. I was minding my own business. I was in fellowship. I didn't do anything to anybody. And trouble just came in. Yeah. If you have experienced any kind of suffering, emotional, mental, psychological, pray. But there's a second cause for trouble. Us making poor decisions. My God. Keep living. We cannot make decisions as Christians that are contrary to the word, will, and way of God and think there's no recourse. Whatsoever man soweth is what he reaps. Now God, God is gracious and what he does, he lightens the load. We never get back what we should. That's the good news. I'm preaching already. I know God did not pay me back for all the mess I did in the world. Thank you, Jesus. I, that's enough for me to shout on right there. That's enough for me to shout on right there. I should be dead, buried, and in hell. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Can I get a witness? But God, who's rich in mercy. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor has he rewarded us according to our iniquities, but he's been good. Can I get a witness? So, child of God, when you and I understand that there are times when we make poor choices and it causes suffering. Mm. Like marrying somebody for the wrong reason. And later on, you start to suffer. I didn't see all this. No, you, you ain't want to see it. You, in the name of Jesus. Thought I'd wake up. I thought I'd wake you up this morning. Amen. I didn't know this job was about all this. Well, God bless you. Welcome to the world. Nevertheless, he says, if you are suffering, whether by unaware circumstances, misfortune, or bad decisions, let him or her pray. Talk to God. Tell him all about your trouble. Talk to God. And God loves humility. Lord, I blew this. Lord, I messed up. 
Lord, I'm sorry for going against your word. Lord, 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 Lord. Just, he said, just pray. Just talk to God. Pray, pray, pray. Jesus, having left supper, walking under the moon, the full moon at Passover, declaring himself to be the true vine, John 15, went into the Garden of Gethsemane with his high priestly prayer, chapter 17. And the Bible says, <laughs> and the Bible says, he, he prayed. Now, somebody told y'all to cut your phones off. Now, you, you, you ain't got nerve to have the phone on. You got nerve to be playing music. <laughs> he prayed until, that'll be great on TV, right? He prayed until sweat like drops of blood fell from his brow. I mean, he was praying. What, what, what was Jesus praying? Father, if it's possible, let this cup that you want me to drink pass. I don't want to drink it no more. In his humanity, I don't want to die. I don't want to redeem uh, the elect. I don't want to shed my blood on a cross for sinners. Let it pass is what he prayed. Are y'all getting this? Yeah. And then 100% God took over. He strengthened him. And Jesus said, nevertheless, not my will, but may thine will be done. Now, 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 let's stop, Paul's apart, because if Jesus had not switched that prayer, we'd be in hell this morning. If Jesus, if Jesus had not switched that prayer, we'd be in the lake of fire this morning. Thank God he went through with it. But if the Son of God gets weary in his humanity, you're going to get weary too. Stuff you said you would do, stuff you said you, would, you wouldn't do, when you get weary, you end up doing it. Let it pass. And the Bible says when he said, nevertheless, not in my will, but thine will be done, angels came and strengthened him. He prayed. And when we're suffering, we got to pick up the phone to the throne. Mm, when trouble is all around us, we got to pick up the phone to the throne. We, we, we got to learn to tell it to Jesus. Hmm. Look at the, section, the, the second hypothetical. Are you with me? Verse 13. Is any merry, cheerful? Are any, are any happy on the mountaintop? Now, what this denotes for the believer is that none of us all go through the same thing at the same time. While some are suffering, others are joyful. Are you getting this? And, 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 what, and, what, and, what, and what James is informing us about is that if is anybody cheerful, if you, if you are happy, if you are on the mountaintop, sing not a song, sing the psalms. Let me stop. I come in here happy this morning. I say, sugar pie, honey bunch. You know how... God don't want to hear that mess. Sing the Psalms. The book of Psalms. Can I get a witness? You, you, you got to understand that while you're up there, while you're joyful, while you're on a mountaintop, you, you got to learn to sing. Why? Because you ain't going to be up there that long. Better start singing. I've got joy like a river. Joy. You, you better start singing. Job 35 talks about a song in the night. 
God will give you a song. Won't he give you a song? He'll give you a song in the night. He'll give you a song when you're going through. He'll put a song on your heart. Hey, can I get a witness? Huh? Yeah, he'll, yeah, he'll, he'll give you a song that will, amen, promote him and give you joy. Can I get a witness? Yeah, like he's that kind of friend. He'll, he'll put a song on your heart. Won't he do it? Huh? And, 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 and child of God, child of God, child of God, uh, only the mature believer. If you ever want to measure where you are spiritually, here's your test. You got two tests to measure where you are spiritually. How you give, don't get quiet now. How you forgive, don't get quiet now. And the same ones that don't give, don't forgive. How you give, how you forgive, and how you can go through pure hell and yet have joy. That separates the men and the women from the boys and the girls. When Paul and Silas got in trouble, got locked up, they decided they was going to sing songs of joy. Here they are in prison because they delivered a, a girl of divination. They are in prison singing praises to Jesus Christ. And, and, and how long did they sing? They didn't sing 30 minutes. They, can I get a witness? They, they, they were put in jail and the Bible says they just got down there and got to singing, got joy. And the Bible says at midnight. God didn't come at 9, 10, 11 o'clock, but he decided to come at midnight, send angels to release them. Can I get it? Do you know the power to your family, your co-workers, your people in ministry, when they see you going through hell and you can sing? I sing because I'm happy. I sing. Because I'm free, his eyes is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Can I get a witness? I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eyes, if his eyes is on the sparrow, then I know he's watching me. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You got, you got to sing to yourself. You got to sing to yourself. You got to sing in the night when all hell's breaking out. You got to sing when you feel like giving up. You got to sing when you lost your hope. You got to sing. You got to, you got to, you got to, you got to, you got to sing, you got to sing, you got to sing. I think after the sermon, I'm going to the studio. We're going we're gonna to sing. Check it out. Look at this. Look, look what he says. Is any merry? Let him sing songs. Now here's the third hypothetical, verse 14. Is any sick? 
among you. He's talking about physical sickness. Look, look, now, now look carefully at the construction of these words. Let him or her call for the elders, the overseers, the leaders of the church, of, and let them pray over them. Now, now, now watch, watch this. See, there's power in belonging to the local church. So you got these people, these escape artists that leave church. I don't need no church. I serve God alone. Are oh, you a fool? There's a protection device because you in the you under you you in the church. Satan can't touch you when you belong to the church. First Corinthians five. Go home and look at it. Paul says to the man who was going to bed with a stepmother, "We're going to put you out of the church, and that your soul may be released." But Satan's going to warm you up. Can I get a witness? And so, child of God, child of God, child of God, watch this now. He, he says, if any of you say, call for them, let them pray over you, anointing you with, now look up, amen, oil. Now, now the oil is symbolic, but the oil is olive oil. Why olive oil? Because in the first century, olive oil was used for medicinal purposes. Olive oil was used for medicinal purpose. It would heal ailments. Now let's bring this up to 2012. If you're sick, take your medicine. Your cholesterol, your high blood pressure, your Prozac. <laughs> take your medicine and then call for the elders. <laughs> you got folk come to church. Mom, better than come to church. Look, you can tell they take the medicine. Take your medicine. Come here looking at me. Let me see what he's talking about. This is crazy as a bed bug. Look at it. Take, take your medicine. And then call for the elders, let them put oil on you, which is symbolic of the Holy Spirit, and the prayer of their faith. Sometimes when you get sick and down, your faith is low. You can't even believe God for deliverance. Remember the man, the, the four men that put the man on the stretcher and let, lowered him in the roof? Jesus was preaching, and Jesus said, it's their faith that's going to heal you. The one carrying you brings faith. I'm going somewhere with this. If you're a mother, grandmother, aunt, uncle, you're praying for loved ones to get saved, it's your faith yes, that's going to deliver them. It's your faith that's going to bring them out. It's your faith that's going to get them saved. It's your faith that's going to surround your children with grace. I, every, every, look, 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 look. Every Sunday morning, this is not a bragging point. I'm, I'm trying to be transparent with you. Every Sunday morning, I get up 2.30, 3 o'clock. I'm not putting a sermon together. My sermon's finished at, by Tuesday. In fact, I already know what I'm going to preach next week. I can preach it right now. I don't do no Saturday night specials. The military made me, I get up automatically at 4.30 every morning. Every morning I'm up. I get up at 2.30 to spend time in his presence, to hear what God's got to say to me before I say something to you. I'm preaching up in this place. Can I get a witness? And, and so, child of God, when you, when you understand this thing about prayer, he said the prayer of faith will save the physically sick, and the Lord will raise him up. If it's his will, when we compare scripture with scripture, and if, here it is, he has committed sins. Now stop. Why is this in this text? Because what James is saying is, your sin can either cause you, yeah, to suffer or to be sick. I'm not talking about your past, because that was dealt with at the cross. As a Christian, if you decide that you want to live immoral, 
do your thing at God's expense, he'll let sickness and suffering just set in. It's biblical. It's biblical. You, 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 you mean to say the Bible supports that my blessings are predicated on how I live? Absolutely. Your salvation is not best based on how you live, but your blessings are. Can I get a witness? All through the word. God don't bless mess. Somebody need to preach it. And it's not that any of us are perfect. We, all of us are sinners. But I often differentiate sin between weakness and wickedness. Weakness is when you just get weak and fall. And you fully repent and you don't want to go back. Wickedness is when you premeditate and plan stuff without regarding God. Yeah. If they committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Hmm. Confess your faults, verse 16a, one to another. We don't do that. We're so worried they'll be on CNN tonight. And pray <laughs> for one another. See, listen, when, when, when pastor tells you, trying to be transparent, I'm still reaping my past. And you look at me and say, you know, and I've been saved 30, 30, almost 40 years, 40-something years. When I tell you I'm reaping my past, you need to believe that. I am. Hmm. 69, 70, 74, 76. I had a 31-inch waist. Built, fast, athletic, 31. It's 33 now, but it's 31. <laughs> 31 inch, man, 31 inch. And when I was stationed in Georgia, I remember going into this place. They sold these, these mini hamburgers. I ordered 19 cheeseburgers. Three orders of fries and a, and, and a soda. And just sat there and ate it all, man. Waste wouldn't move. But I found out later that your metabolism starts slowing up at 19. So by the time you're in your 20s and 30s, it's getting ready to stop. Somebody know what I'm talking about. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So all that stuff I ate, all that running I did, my flesh said, we'll see you later. It has come back to haunt me. My God. Hey, 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 hey. watch it. So, so, so my point to you is that, what is my point here? What is my point? What, what, what is my, what, what are you talking about, boy? Sins. <laughs> Sins. Mm. He deals with these hypotheticals if any of you are suffering or sick or you sin, pray. Get God involved in this equation. He didn't tell you to come up with excuses. He didn't tell you to try to outflick God. He just said, pray. You need to talk to the Lord. Right? Just talk to the Lord. Lord, I'm struggling in my marriage. I'm struggling with my ministry. I'm struggling in my mind. I'm struggling with these changes in age. <sighs> Midlife crisis for men is mentally thinking they still got it. And, and the body is saying, no way. That's a psychological thing. Are y'all praying with me? And you talk to any man in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, and they're, 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 yeah, yeah, man, I can, I can do that. They lying. They go to sleep at 8 o'clock. 
All the wives are out there laughing, but you just as bad because you flashing. Turn the heat up. Turn the air conditioning on. Give me a coat. It's crazy. Lord have mercy. We messing up now, ain't we? That's why when I come to church, I look out. So I'm going like this. Others tell me, it's freezing in here, Pastor. I said, Lord, what do I do? I really don't know because it's not, it's not the room. It's you. Mm. Check it out. And then when we go back and tell stories of the past, we start lying. We start stretching the truth. Don't we stretch it? Don't we stretch it? Man, I swam the channel three times. Yeah. I know I'm right. I used to run two, three miles a day in the, in the military, man. I, listen, you ain't getting a mile out of me now, but forget that. And I'm not trying, look, look, I don't care what you think. I don't care what you, if you think that I'm unfit, don't mean a thing to me. I ain't fooling with that. Amen. Check, check it out, check it out, check it out. He, he moves from the comfort to the commitment, a prayer commitment through God's people. Now look at 16b. Stay with me because two translation. In some it says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It's interesting because there's another translation that simply says that if we, amen, if the righteous person is urgent, Amen. They're powerful at the end in their effect. No, I don't like that. But look what it says. We are a King James church. Amen. I tell all the ministers, when you get up here, lead them other translations home. There's something about the thou's that is holy. Thou shall not steal. 16th century Shakespearean English. Amen? Amen. Now watch this now. He, 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 he deals with this matter of three passionate words of commitment. Look, look, look at the first one. He says the effectual. Energio is the Greek word. The person who prays with energy is powerful. Energy. All right. You ain't just going down the aisle, lay me down, sleep, pray, love, so I've been in restaurants with Christians, and it's embarrassing. Come on, let's get a bite to eat. Okay, so the food comes. And we, we, we like this. <laughs> so what in the world did you say? Now you're making all that noise in church now that you're in a restaurant, you can't pray? <laughs> or worse, they put it on their fork and get it here and go. <laughs> What's up with that? Other face in the restaurant, Emi, it's Trulini. The spirits are about to speak. Are they friendly? Yes, to you know, all that. <laughs> but, but, but we as Christians, we get in there and we got to, it's something wrong with your Christianity. As much as Jesus has done for you, you should turn the restaurant out. Leave that one alone too. The effectual energy has to do with power, passion of prayer. Now, 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 now what is power and passion of prayer? Go back to verse 9 of James 5. And he's talking about the farmer. Are you with me? Come on now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Find first line. I mean, not nine. Uh, let me see. Oh, seven. 
Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord, parousia, uh, rapture. Behold, the husbandman, the farmer, is waiting, now watch this now, for the precious fruit. That is, there's an early rain and a latter rain. The early rain is uh, September, October. That's when the, the, what you planted in July starts to sprout. There's a latter rain in March and April where the harvest comes. The farmer expects a harvest. Are y'all getting this? When you pray, God wants you to go down on your knees with expectation that something's going to happen. Are y'all getting this? Too many of us pray and hope that God even hears us with no assurance. John said, and this is the confidence we have, that anything we ask according to his will, he heareth us, and if he heareth us, we know we got the petitions. Are y'all getting this? He, he's saying, in essence, that a, an effectual prayer is one of energy and expectation. The effectual. So when I'm praying, and I'm going to tell you how I pray for my kids. And, you know, look, look, look. They, they know nothing about my prayers. They, they don't need to. I'm praying that God would choose their mates. Don't leave it up to them because somebody made them feel good. Somebody looks good. Uh, Lord, you choose their mates. Lord, you choose their ministry. Lord, you choose their vocation. You order their steps. You put hedges around them. You give them favor on that job in the name of Jesus. I'm praying that day and night. And if your child's three years old, you ought to order it ready, be praying for their future. Oh, I'm preaching now. You ought to be praying for what kind of friends they're with. You ought to be praying for their education. You ought to be praying for their mindset. You ought to be praying that they be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom. So what in the world are you praying for your kids? I pray that they be successful. What does that mean? Lord, keep them from drugs. In the name of Jesus, Lord, keep them from... That, that is the effectual prayer. It's a prayer of energy and expectation. I'm going to put something into this prayer because I'm expecting something out of this prayer. Are y'all getting this? I'm going to put something in this prayer. And I'm expecting something out of the prayer. The effectual, look at the fervent, strained and stretched, heat. Now, this goes back to verse 10. Turn back to verse 10. He's talking about the prophets. Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and patience. What was it about the way the prophets prayed? Well, they not only prayed effectually with energy and expectation, but what... Fervent means, in the Greek here, they prayed with a sense of enduring whatever was standing in front of them. I just got to make it through this, knowing that God's going to meet them at the end. Y'all ain't getting this time. You know what was at the end, always in their prayers? Here's what was at the end of the prophet's prayer. They found out that no matter what they went through, God was merciful and compassionate. <laughs> Whatever you're going through this morning, when you get to the end, and the end denotes you're not going to stay there. It's for a season. Can I get a witness? When you get to the end, you're going to find out at the end that all along God was patient, God was merciful, God was compassionate, God didn't deal with me according to my sins, God didn't reward me according to my iniquities, God didn't heap more on me than I could bear. You're going to come away shouting that through it all, God! 
has been gone. You, 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 you gonna come away with something. Can I get a witness? The effectual, fervent, look, prayer of a righteous man. Uh-oh. What does righteous denote? Three things. Character, commitment, and conviction. See, here's what the church does not teach. When my life is aligned to the Word of God, in some semblance, because none of us are perfect. Are we, oh, can, can we agree on that? When I'm living a life of commitment to Jesus, conformity to his word, yeah, when I'm living a life of character, and I have need of prayer, All right. the Lord pulls up my record from on high. He'll pull it up, Doc. I just talked to a brother this morning. He is one of the most faithful tithers in this church. He serves. He worships. He's helped me out in a lot of ways. I will never mention his name. He was laid off of a job and said, Pastor, I didn't miss a beat the whole time. He has been offered a superb new position. And he starts tomorrow. Now, 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 now. Now, here's what I told him. I said, that is no, in fact, I prayed with him this morning. That is no surprise to me. You're faithful to him. And when you're faithful to him, he's faithful to you. Can I get a witness? So child, 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 child of God. Look what he says. The effectual, fervent, righteous character, conviction, commitment, man availeth much. What do you mean by availeth much? It will prevail with victory. I'll move from trouble to triumph. I'm coming out of this. Trouble to triumph. When we're committed, duty-bound to prayer, energetic, passionate, Promotional of Jesus, character, it avail much. Now, one of the illustrations that commentators use in this text, don't turn, is Numbers 11 when Moses prayed. Here's what happened. God sent out fire to destroy Israel because of their idolatry. Moses, as intercessor, a type of Christ, got in between God and the people, and the Bible says Moses prayed. And his prayer, which was effectual, fervent, and he was a righteous man, stopped the fire on the spot. He could actually stop what God sent out because of who he was. Right now in your life, can you stop something? Can you stop by the way you pray? Can you stop by the person you are? Can you really halt something that God has allowed to start? Don't answer the question. That when we, when we understand this matter of effectual, fervent prayers of a righteous man availing what? Much. Now let me tell you what that phrase means. Not only are you going to have joy at the end, God going to give you more than you asked for. Think, think about where you are in life. You really are further with God than you would have been by yourself. Can I get a witness? See, the problem in the church is that we are not made to step in somebody else's shoes. You could be in a padded room killing a fly on the wall. You could be out of your mind. Can I get a witness? Oh, I'm preaching. You could be strung out on crack, coke. You could be strung out. You, you could be strung out on heroin. You, you, you could have been somewhere in, in some home and tied up and come, come on, danger to yourself. Can I get a witness? You could have been in a hospital with no cure. You could have, you could have had a venereal disease that, that they couldn't uh, bring around. 
Don't get quiet now. You coulda, you coulda had a venereal disease. Yeah, in the name of Jesus. But, but you're good this morning. You're, you're here this morning. You're, you're, you're clothed in your right mind this morning. You, you drove up this morning. You praised him this morning. You thanked him this morning. You coulda got on an airplane that went down. You, your car coulda been an accident coming to church. But God. He's rich! He's rich! He's rich! In mercy. Grace is what you don't deserve. Mercy is not giving you what you do deserve. Why me? I grew up with people that are dead. Why me? I grew up with people that were shot. Why me? Come on. I grew up with people that's doing life, three life terms in prison. Why me? Can I get a witness? I grew up with people that, that, are, that, 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 that are vegetables. Why me? I grew, up, I grew up with people that are out of their mind. Why me? Why me, Lord? Why me, Lord? Lord, why did you choose me? Why did you bless me? Why did you call me? Why did you serve me? Why, 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 why? Why, Lord? Why, Lord? When I think about the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. I thank God for saving me. I'm coming in now. But thank you, Jesus. I don't know why Jesus loves me. I don't know why he cares. I don't know why he's been so good. But I'm so glad he did. He's an awesome God. He's an on-time God. He's an everyday God. He may not come when you want him, but oh, he's right on time. He's a powerful God. He's a precious God. He's a passionate God. Thank you, Jesus, that you didn't help me. Thank you, Jesus, that you pulled me out of trouble. Thank you, Jesus, that you cloned me in my right mind. Thank you, Jesus, that you put me on the street called straight. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The next time you complain, I dare you to pull up the record. Can I get a witness? Yeah, we've been through something. Yeah, we've suffered. Yeah, we've been sick. Yeah, we've been lonely. Yeah, we've been pouting. But God, he's faithful. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me handle. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Let me, let, me, let me handle this last point. It's, it's a prayer of comfort, a prayer of commitment, but look at the prayer of continuance. Verse 17, he says, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. All that means he was messed up just like we are. Can I get a witness? And the Bible says, yeah, <laughs> that he prayed earnestly that it might not rain and he prayed not on the earth and it rained not on the earth by the space of three and a half years and verse 18 says and then he prayed again and the heavens gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit well let me say this about Elijah real quick Elijah prophesied to northern Israel Elijah persecuted the prophets of Baal 450 Elijah performed healings but Elijah prayed. Elijah represents one of the most notable illustrations of the power of prayer in the Old Testament. And what I love about the beauty of the Holy Spirit and the inspiration of God through the canon, through the scriptures, is that 
you don't find this peace in 1 Kings 18 and 19. All you find in 1 Kings 18 and 19 is that Elijah prayed. But James comes along under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and adds more information to the account. Can I get a witness? And child of God, that this drought that took place in Israel. And you know the story because our great president of the National Baptist Convention, Dr. Julius Coase, preached this at this church. That in 1 Kings chapter 18, 43, don't turn. The Bible says that he prayed, first of all, with his head between his knees. Now let me stop. Elijah didn't get on his knee in front of the television and pray for a few minutes. Elijah didn't lay up in bed, amen, waiting on NCS, NCIS, or law and order and pray a few moments. The Bible says he put his head between his knees. And the Bible says that he prayed. He interceded and he prayed and told his servant, servant, here's what I want you to do. As I pray, you run outside and you tell me what you can see. Can I get a witness? So the Bible says that Elijah prayed and he turned to a servant and said, do you see anything in the sky? And the servant said, there's nothing in the sky. And the Bible says, and then he prayed. And asked the servant, do you see anything in the sky? The servant said, there's nothing in the sky. And then he prayed. And asked the servant, do you see anything in the sky? See, there was energy. There was energy. There was, there was energy. There was, there was commitment. There was compassion. He just kept on praying. Some of y'all kids are in straits, but you won't keep praying. Some, 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 some of your situations are health sculptor, but you won't keep praying. You just pray one time and hope, but you got to be energetic. You got to be committed. You, you got to pray in season, out of season. You got to know that you're coming out of this thing with an answer to your prayers. You got to know that God is too good not to bring, be compassionate and merciful. You got to know that in your prayers, you can quote the end. Can I get a witness? So he just kept on praying and kept on praying. In fact, he prayed seven times. He kept on praying and praying and praying and praying and the servant said wait a minute I see a small cloud the hand the size of a man's hand and Elijah said now listen to this when the cloud of a man's hand appeared in the sky he said go tell Ahab before the flood comes he was praying with expectation can I get a witness if you would just take Put, put your children in that kind of prayer. If you put your marriage in that kind of prayer, put your money in that kind of prayer, where you are going to come out with an expected end. When, when you pray, can I get a witness? That you know God's going to do something. When you're going to pray till you see something. When you're going to pray till you know something. When you're going to pray till something gets changed. I'm going to pray till your behind gets saved. I'm going to pray till you get healed. I'm going to pray till this marriage gets straight. I'm going to pray till this ministry grows up in the name of Jesus. You don't look at your children. You look at the Lord. And when you can't talk to your kids about Jesus, talk to Jesus about your children. Can I get a witness? I dare you to keep on praying. I dare you to keep on praying. I dare you to keep on praying. If you keep on praying, if you're energetic, if you're passionate, if you're emotional, if you sing songs, if you're joyful, I dare you to keep on praying. Can I get a witness? Then God will show up. Then God will make differences. Then God will make changes. Won't he make changes? Say it. Say it. He's worthy. Jesus is, Jesus is worthy to be praised. Pray for comfort. Pray with commitment. Pray with continuance. Keep praying. When you can't see it, keep praying. 
When it looks impossible, keep praying. When you feel like giving up, keep praying. When you can't see the end from the beginning, keep praying. If you just keep praying, the Lord will show up. Can I get a witness? Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Any faithful? Any faithful? Won't he do it? Has ever hear his bowery eyes closed? If you're here this morning, you need to be saved. Jesus died for your sins, was buried, and rose again. Come up. Just raise your hand if you want to be saved. If you're not saved, you're on your way to hell. You need to be born again. You must be saved. Or perhaps you want to join a church in your Christian experience. Raise your hand. You want to join our church. We'd love to have you. Is there one? Is there one? Holy Spirit is talking to somebody. Listen to him. If your hand is raised, come on in front. We love you. Come on. Look at Jesus. Come on. In the Lord good. In the Lord good. Any good? Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. All right, brother, right here. Hi, baby. Hi, baby. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Stand right here. Hi, baby. Hi, baby. Stand right here. Is there another? Come on, move, 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 move down here. Come on, guys. Is there another? Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. Come on. Is there another? You can't, you cannot only pray when you're in trouble. You got to pray with commitment, continuance, and for God's comfort. Is there another? We love you. We love you. Mm. We love you. Let's look to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this great passage of Scripture from James. Is any among you suffering? Let him pray. Any among you sick? Let him pray. Any among you committed sins? Let him pray. And the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous man will avail much. And then thank you for the exhortation of Elijah, the continuance. Even when we can't see that cloud, when we see no evidence that you've even heard our prayers, you want us to keep praying. Keep praying till we see something. Help us to be committed to pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. Keep, praying, keep praying and God, God will bless you. God bless you. See you at core. You are dismissed. Have a great day.